Hey, Green Future Growers! Welcome to Season 3. I'm your host, Jackie Marie Beyer. If you're new to the show, I hope you'll subscribe on iTunes for free or follow on your favorite podcast app. And let's get growing! Hey, everyone! This is Jackie Marie Beyer, your host, here to help inspire you on your journey to create, grow, and enjoy a green, organic oasis. So let's get growing. Welcome to the Green Organic Garden. It is Tuesday, 420 day, and I don't know if it's a bonus or not that you missed the pre-chat that I forgot to record and we fortunately got disconnected or we would have lost the whole interview. But I have the most amazing rock star millennial online, Capian. Welcome to the Green Organic Garden podcast. We are so excited to hear from you. How's your day going? Thank you. It's going well. I'm inside now, cooling down. (laughs) I'm from Phoenix, Arizona, so it gets pretty toasty over here. But otherwise, I'm having a great day. Well, you were saying it was 99 degrees in our first conversation. So go ahead and tell listeners a little bit about you and your awesome husband. Yeah, of course. So, um, like I said, we live here in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, it's me and my husband. We live in downtown and our two dogs, Eddie and Louie. And, um, I'm in my master's in social work in my first year. And, uh, I have lots of hobbies. I kind of tend to bounce from one thing to another. So I play guitar. Um, I do crosswords and, I've recently started my own little garden. So that's kind of how we got here. Have you tried those uh, two, st- two not star, or I forget what they're called, but they're like, uh, it's kind of a number thing, but my mom likes them and she loves crosswords. Like the Sudoku? It's kind of like um, a, a Sudoku, but a little bit challenging. Two not touch, it's called. Okay, I haven't tried that one. You might. I love puzzles, though. (laughs) Cool. All right, I'll send you the link to that. Anyway, um, and you're gonna be woofing this summer coming up in June in San Diego. Yes. So I'll be at a farm for most of the month of San Diego. Um, they have primarily crops, and then they have chickens. But I'll be there. And I'm very excited to get out of the heat and to have my first wolf experience, um, which you have a wolf too, right? Am I correct? Or- well, so that's how I found you. So I finally signed up to maybe bring some woofers here last summer before the pandemic was even like an inkling in my head, just uh-huh. to kind of see, would we would anybody be interested? I mean, we're not really set up for guests, so they would have to be campers. And um, I was just kind of curious about how all that would work. But my husband, he grows like kind of the mini farm and then he's had so much to do. And, um, and we did have people that really wanted to come even in the pandemic. I felt really bad saying no, but um, one, we don't like, I was worried one because I was out of work. Like, would I actually be able to afford to feed people after I offered this? 
Um, yeah. And then I was thinking like, oh, a couple would be great because they could be in a tent because it does get up. We're like the opposite. We get really cold at night, even yeah. in the summer. And then I was like, wait, how am I going to feed two people and a family? And but we did have people <laughs> that wanted to come. But I also was worried about my husband's super high risk. And I just didn't know. And with right, I was like, is it irresponsible to bring people here? Should we bring people? So we ended up not having people come. Like, I've talked to a few about my guests about how, like, I feel like one of the biggest things we need to build at our place is like a public outdoor, really nice, high quality bathroom. Because even if people came with campers, there would be a really nice bathroom. Or I'd really like to do like farm dinners family yeah. dinners a really nice because we just have a very small cabin with uh my husband and i actually use the outhouse or the toilet does work but just i don't know i've been using yeah. it for so long i love my outhouse and my stepdaughters and most people probably don't feel that way and just anyway so we did not but maybe in the future down the line we will but anyway um now you and your husband are both going to college you said he's in med school and you were an emt but now you're getting your master's in social work because you want to do what yes so he's in med school um and actually interestingly enough he's pursuing primary care so he wants to be a family medicine doctor but he's really interested in integrative medicine um and food as medicine so that's kind of where a lot of our passions intersect as well. And then I'm doing my master's in social work, um, which was kind of, so I graduated my undergraduate in 2017. So a couple of years ago now, I majored in psychology. I originally thought that I wanted to go to medical school. So it was kind of a long path to decide that I wanted to do social work, um, which really I think it was only so long because I didn't quite know what a social work social worker was until a couple years ago. And so then once I found out it was this perfect culmination of everything that I loved and everything that I wanted to do. But my main dream is um, to eventually have a farm and use my degree um, to help rehabilitate inmates post-release um, on the farm using the crops and the animals doing animal um, assisted therapy and kind of giving them this space where they can thrive once they are released from prison. And, and gain skills so that they can become productive members of their community after as well. Exactly. A lot of people don't realize how hard that was. And we were talking, I was telling you a little bit about how I just read Kamala Harris's biography and mm -hmm. she talks about that was one of her big platforms she worked on as a prosecutor was helping people who were released from prison um, adjust because it is so difficult to make it once you've been to prison to readjust to coming into society. Everything's against you trying to find a job, even if you want to work, you know, when the system a lot of times puts families and puts people into that it's just kind of like this pipeline and how many people we have in the united states i'm like what was it i was saying about lee camp had this statistic yesterday that i just can't get out of my head that there's this republican senator who's complaining oh the cities with the strictest gun laws and the most cops 
you know, have the most crime. Meanwhile, London has about the same amount of people as New York or Chicago, but New York has 35,000 police officers and right. London has 786 police officers to take exactly. care of. And they don't have the problems and the crime. It's just the United States. We've created the system of poverty and the working poor you know there's just like you once it's not that people don't want to go to work i don't know i'm gonna stick on the gardening thing so tell us about your very first gardening experience we talked about it in the first interview where i forgot to hit record like, <laughs> i always start my show asking like who were you with like what'd you grow what was your very first gardening experience about yeah like, of course so um like I mentioned, in my childhood home, we had sunflowers, um, which we had planted all along the front of the house. And there was like a ton of them, really tall. And so that was kind of my very first memory um, was these big sunflowers. And I was young. I think we moved from that house when I was only like seven or eight. So it's really these like, you know, kind of vague formative memories of just like sunflowers everywhere. But then as I was thinking, I was like, okay, what, what is my like very first memory that I can remember? And I had these two pigs, like full grown pigs, which actually were wild. We saw them running down the street one day and we decided to have them as pets. And I named them Ginger and Pepper. My mom <laughs> thought it was funny to call them dinner and supper, which I didn't like. But <laughs> um, they used to get our table scraps and we must have given them some like tomato scraps from the table because like sometime later we had these tomato plants growing in the backyard that were fertilized when they pooped out the seeds. So it was pretty magical being young and realizing, hey, we didn't plant tomatoes. Why do we have fresh tomatoes in the backyard and they were like they were fresh I mean they were actually good tomatoes sure well like I was saying the first time like volunteers are the best often the sweetest and just the best kind of vegetables that you get last year Mike had these carrots that were like they were just huge they were like three inches in diameter that were volunteers wow. from the year before and so sweet and tender and um yeah a lot of times the volunteers are the best so so how big is your garden now you guys are living right in downtown phoenix pretty much yeah so um we're like just barely north of downtown like maybe two miles um, we have a fairly big backyard as far as like downtown houses go, but I just built a single raised bed. That was like my goal this year was to just get one bed in. And I think it was because I started to get overwhelmed with like this idea of a perfect garden. I was like, oh, well, I need it. I need to meet these requirements before I can start gardening. I need to know so much or whatever. And I realized like, as long as I keep this up, I'm never going to actually start like making the mistakes to have a garden. I'm like, I just need to get over the fact it's not going to be perfect. And like a lot of it's going to die and that's okay. And so this year I finally was just like, okay, I'm going to do it. So I built a 10 foot by two foot raised bed. Um, and I'm doing the square foot 
um, garden method. And so I have 20 crops out there and that's kind of where I'm at <laughs> right now. What crops? So I have, well, I originally planted cherry tomatoes, um, basil, onions, carrots, um, lettuce, marigolds, spinach, radishes, Swiss chard, peas, sunflowers, lavender, chamomile, tomatillos, bell peppers, parsley, and beets. <laughs> and I had to write all those down or else I would not remember. <laughs> oh, so perfect. So how much of that stuff is growing? Like, was there anything that didn't come out the way you thought it was gonna? Oh, definitely. A hundred percent. It's been a huge learning process, which I knew was going to happen, but I just had to finally do it. So my, um, let's see, what didn't come out? My onions didn't um, grow, which I learned it was kind of late in the season for Arizona to be planting them. My carrots surprisingly didn't grow, which I thought would, but I didn't water them enough during germination. I think they kind of dried out. And I know carrots, especially here, need a ton of water those first couple of weeks and I was like afraid to overwater at first um and they take a long time to germinate my husband always said exactly so I think I've learned kind of like don't be afraid of the water especially here where it's such a dry climate and you know I was afraid to overwater because I don't want root rot but like if the roots can't establish then you know they need water and then otherwise oh let's see my chamomile also didn't um sprout but most I think that's hard to did. get started is it it might not be as hard down in phoenix i think it is pretty difficult i kind of i planted things and picked things out based on like companion planting and then also what was supposedly in season um but it's difficult it's difficult to grow here and so that's um an interesting part of it's I'm learning to garden but I'm also learning to garden here specifically which is a whole nother like beast so and but let's think of it this way also you planted like 20 crops and you've mentioned two that didn't go so well so that means right. 18 <laughs> crops were successful which sounds awesome so tell us about what did grow really well yeah, so I'm probably like the most proud of two in particular. So my tomato plant started out, I got um, like a transplant and it was maybe like, I don't know, probably 10 inches tall. And this thing is so big now. It is behemoth. <laughs> like it is at least probably three feet tall and it's like wide too. And I just got all the yellow flowers on it. So I haven't actually had any tomatoes yet, but my first one just started growing today. So I'm really proud of that tomato plant. And then also um, I planted some Swiss chard that originally died, or at least I thought it died. It was completely shriveled. Like everything was looked dead. And I decided to just prune back all the shriveled part and give it extra water. And it is thriving now. So that was probably my other favorite accomplishment awesome i love when that happens i love swiss chard and anything that's forgiving is awesome i one of the things i love about swiss chard is like freezing it and making a lasagna out of it at um Ooh. christmas time 
because I come from an Italian family. Actually, when do I make lasagna? I make lasagna for New Year's. My family always eat lasagna for Christmas, but my husband's a meat and potatoes fan. His family, like they want the traditional turkey on Christmas. So okay. I do the lasagna on New Year's and I always make a meat one and a veggie one. And the veggie one, I used to mix in spinach, but spinach is really hard to get to grow in Montana. It usually bolts like within 24 hours of like getting to the right size. Mm-hmm. Leaf, and if I'm not out there and it's just, you don't wear Swiss chard will grow almost all summer. And I just can get a huge thing of Swiss chard. And to me, they're basically the same. Um, And so I love Swiss chard. And then I also like to use the stems of the Swiss chard instead of celery. Now, I know people are successful with celery in Montana. Maybe I just didn't try it. But Swiss chard has worked so good for me. I like the way it tastes better, the red chard. Mm -hmm. And so I cut the stems off. I'll like use them with like a cottage cheese and herb dip. And then I save the leaves, blanch them, put them in the freezer. And I mix that in with the ricotta cheese or the, I usually use cottage cheese because when I go to New York and see how cheap ricotta cheese is, (laughs) I can't hardly pay the fortune. I mean, it costs you like $25 just in cheese in Montana Wow. Whereas cottage cheese is a lot cheaper. So anyway, I mix yeah. the Swiss chard, but yeah, works really good. Um, we do like, um, we'll just saute it with olive oil, we'll salt and pepper and some mustard. And it's really good. Oh, with mustard. I have never tried that. Yeah. And then all summer long, I mean, I just, I saute Swiss chard with everything with. Yeah beets or um radishes before the beet greens are ready the when the rat i didn't know you could saute radishes and mike will grow some really big like purple and red radishes for me because he just plants you know a bunch of radishes and they always end up some get huge and yeah you can saute those and they go good with swiss chard but with mustard, oh, I'm going to try that. I love <laughs> Swiss chard. Definitely one of my favorite greens. Um, and it's really hearty. Like you said, it 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 thrives pretty well to me anyway. Um, and then I'll put a little bit of Lacinto kale mixed with it. How about, what about something you're excited to grow next year or... Yeah. Now, I, well, I, what I wanted to know was when did you put those tomatoes that are just getting the yellow flowers in? I put them, I want to say February, end of February. Oh, okay. I think, or March, around there. And then, uh, and then what was I saying? How did you learn how to garden organically? Was that like, something you learned on your own or from your family or where'd that come from the internet (laughs) i love the internet but right i i think it's a love heat relationship for me (laughs) yes no it is for me too but i think whereas before you kind of had to you know either know some people or i mean there's always books but even now like every book says something different So it's nice to be able to kind of have a a collection of resources at your fingertips. And, you know, they include 
pictures and like you can join a Facebook group of gardeners and they can look at your plants online and tell you, hey, they need a little bit more of this or that. And then also um, we have a community garden here in our neighborhood. And so I am volunteering with them too, which helps. And then hopefully I'll learn a ton at the Woof in June. I know. Look at how we're connecting today. I mean, like, then I'm talking to somebody who actually is like doing that master's of social work program that I, I was so in love with that. It's such a great program down at, um, are you doing the one from ASU? Is it Arizona State University? I'm at Northern Arizona University. Northern, I don't know. I, it's been so long since I looked into it. <laughs> I want my master so bad. And I've looked you at do it. and applied to three programs now that I've got. Well, where'd you get your funding? I can't afford it. I've been accepted three programs now and wasn't able to find funding for any of them. Student loans. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Um, okay, back to my questions. Well, I I, I did want to like, I can't even remember, it was in our pre-chat or other, you were talking about how you have to be in Phoenix for two more years, but then you guys are kind of looking for where's your farm going to be? And I know like a lot of people have said like Maine has a really good farm trust program. I want to say montana my um new jersey i know has a pretty good like there's some good programs out there you were mm -hmm. saying that arizona is not so great for like how big of a farm are you looking for what kind of property are you guys opposed to moving somewhere more north or you want to stay no, warm or we're both um natives to arizona so everything outside of arizona is just um, you know, waiting to be explored. I travel a decent amount. Um, and last summer I took a road trip. I drove, um, down or up, I guess the Pacific coast highway to Washington and then down through Idaho and Utah back to Phoenix. And so I kind of got a good feel for the land out there. Um, so I would love to explore Oregon and Washington more. Um, but other areas that I've been that I like Massachusetts, um, my mom is from New York and New Jersey originally, but we're not really opposed to anywhere. We just need to kind of explore more. But as far as size, um, something smaller, definitely, at least to start. It's all got to start somewhere. So um, even if that's in Arizona, maybe a couple acres at most. And do you start. need to be close to a prison, you think? And that's a great question. I think that's something I've been looking at more. And it's kind of interesting because most prisons are kept away from big cities. So that like for say, if an inmate escapes, they're not close to a city where they can hitchhike and leave. So usually prisons are pretty rural, which lines up with my goal fairly well because there's always a lot of land out by prisons. Um, and it's cheap because no one wants to be by a prison. So it happens to work out. Yeah. Uh, good to know. Tell us about something that didn't work so well this season. You mentioned yeah, the onions. So... Or was there something yeah. else? 
the onions, I think just learning how to deal with the sun here. Um, a couple of things had gotten scorched early on just from the temperature rising so quickly. Like I think about a month ago, we were still in the 70s and then it went up to the 90s pretty quick. So I would just say learning to do that would help out everything in general. But overall, things are, are pretty sturdy so far. Like I said, I lost the carrots, which I think was due to watering. Um, the one thing that I would change next spring is I actually, I haven't staked up my tomato plant. Like it's not on a trellis or anything. <laughs> and I'm not entirely sure why I didn't, but now it's so large, I actually don't know how to stake it up. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's tough. Uh, yeah, and they get heavy, but probably you need to figure that out before it grows too much bigger. Right. <laughs> before those tomatoes get on there and it gets really heavy. <laughs> so I, I'm going to try to figure that out this week. I think I'm just going to get like small wooden posts and kind of like tie it up the posts. Because um, it definitely won't fit in a tomato cage at this point and we'll see it'll be trial and error <laughs> well my husband's tried all sorts of different things i personally love tomato cages but i've definitely interviewed a lot of guests who are not the biggest fans of the tomato cages okay um so you know you'll you'll probably find something that works for you yeah and i'm not even sure why i didn't use a tomato I think honestly I didn't expect it to grow like I kind of went into everything like oh I'm planting it but like <laughs> but we'll see if anything happens and now it's so big I'm like wait I should have put a tomato cage or a trellis or something I know it's amazing that way and <laughs> I go back and forth from like I can't believe I killed this to like I can't believe this is growing right <laughs> like i i've definitely killed more things this spring well i don't know my husband's like really what what have you killed what's not going the way you want you know what's your big complaint <laughs> and i ended up yesterday i was telling you in the pre-chat that i forgot to record that i planted these 50 broccoli babies and now it's uh -huh. like my husband's like what are you gonna do with those like you got to get them out of the window they're growing all spindly i've told, been telling you for days he wanted me to put them outside but they were just so itty bitty teeny tiny and i thought <laughs> oh my gosh they're gonna freeze out there even in the greenhouse and they're just too tiny and i was like i wanted to transplant them so i had all these toilet paper rolls so finally yesterday i transplanted them into i was like i'm gonna transplant half of them and then okay. i want what i wanted to do was i wanted to put half under his grow lights in the house and i'm like let's put the marigolds and the snapdragons outside because they've already been transplanted or pretty hardy and they're they're in bigger pots and they are under the grow lights so they're thriving but he's like hello i've told you like 10 times they can't take a frost the broccoli can take <laughs> a frost you know even though it would be in the greenhouse it's not a heat you're like i want to make my own mistakes <laughs> he's like you can't put the marigolds and the snapdragons out there i do have some snapdragons out there that we've been like covering with this old plastic pool at night mm -hmm. they're not half as nice as the ones that are under the grow lights but i'm like well at least i can move so i'm hoping like i put a dozen of the broccoli sprouts in these little 
toilet paper transplants now. So now mm-hmm. they're just barely. So I'm hoping I can put some of them under the grow lights and then I'm going to move some of the marigolds and some of the snapdragons out to the unheated greenhouse. But we kind of cover them up at night. I mean, there is a tray of snapdragons out there that hasn't died. <laughs> My zinnias died. I had zinnias out there and I have a tray of zinnias that died. We're just constantly fighting over something. Last year, we were fighting <laughs> over the compost. This year, we're fighting under the grow lights. Well, I'm I interested just... to see how it pans out. You'll have to let me know. Yeah. Who is Well, uh, usually <laughs> he like plastics in our porch and we heat the porch from the living room we open up the kitchen door and we open up the kitchen window and just we heat the and this year he's he's like i'm not doing that we have this new kitten we have this new dog puppy like you can't i'm not i don't want to waste the plastic again and we have this outdoor hoop house but it's totally unheated and just like i got Mm -hmm. super excited this year it was the wrong year for me to get excited as part of it (laughs) anyway Kat, this is the part we call getting to the root of things. So do you have a least favorite activity to do in the garden? Like something you got to force yourself to get out there and do? Um, Not yet. I think I'm so new and in love with it. And hopefully that stays. But if I had to pick something, it would be bending over. <laughs> like just bending to reach the back of the the bed is a nuisance sometimes so how how deep is your deep bed can you not sit on the side of it um i can it's not it's not that deep but i i got some splinters when i was like touching it the other day so i try to avoid uh touching it if i can yeah that for sure my husband had like his mini farm <laughs> i was out there the other day i'm like all right i'm gonna come help you because i want him to help me put my tree and i'm just trying to give him a little more help this year because he's so much like every year he just does more and more so i'm trying to be a bigger help since i am home working from home more and i was just like so frustrated in his mini farm i lasted like 10 minutes i'm like look i'm covered in dirt again already <laughs> like my shoes are filthy like my yoga running pants are dirty i forgot to put my garden jeans on and i don't know what else i was complaining about <laughs> how far the hose was that i had to carry the <laughs> five gallon bucket of water and he's probably like oh my god i've carried 25 buckets of dirt already today <laughs> and you're complaining about one five gallon bucket of water it was yeah i built the bed in like two days and that required me like okay going to home depot getting the lumber getting the blocks that i used to build it getting all the soil at like our local worm farm and i was carrying so much soil by the end of the two days i was just so sore Yeah, well, I've repeatedly, I went to Home Depot two weeks ago to get two wheelbarrows because I'm like, you're going to have a wheelbarrow in your mini farm this year. We're going to have a wheelbarrow down in the garden outside the house this year. And our regular wheelbarrow is just going to be dedicated for firewood because I'm tired of like, you know, having to go up and down the hill. Wheelbarrows are like so, and my mom's like, you're getting two wheelbarrows. I'm like, yes, I'm getting two wheelbarrows. (laughs) I could only fit one I buy one and I'm like, I'm coming back for the second one. And I had to return because I couldn't even fit the wheelbarrow in my car. I couldn't believe it. Like it was so dumb. I'm like, 
I can't believe I came to get a wheel. Like, I guess I thought it would be in a box or whatever. Then I go back for the treadmill. <laughs> I do the opposite. I take his pickup and the box still like <laughs> barely fits in the pickup. And then it was so hard. It's taken us like the video to put the treadmill together is like the seven minute video <laughs> after three hours the other day we still like we just have the last little but the hardest part where the roller fits in the belt to do and i'm just i'm scared to do it wrong like a treadmill is like a like i'm like who expects me to do this like <laughs> what are you guys thinking like this is going to be safe something i'm putting together to say nothing of like the first thing in the instructions is you need two people to do this do not you know there's certain parts where it's like <laughs> lift with two people even though the video shows one guy doing it by himself but not the last step there's definitely it's definitely a two-person so anyway yeah bending over bending over my husband must do bend over like a million times a day so <laughs> on the flip side what's your favorite thing to do out there i think just checking on it every day um, like I said, I didn't expect a lot of it to grow. And so much of the growth happens literally overnight. Like you'll, you'll water it and right. you'll leave it for the day. And then you come out and it, I swear it's like a whole different garden. Um, and that'll kind of happen in stages. Like it seems like weeks will go by, nothing will happen. And then overnight you'll have a ton of new growth. And so I think that's my favorite part is just checking on it. And cause I, I try to go out there every morning and I water it by hand so that I can kind of check everything for pests or whatnot. And just seeing what has changed overnight is definitely my favorite part. Absolutely. And uh, sometimes I feel like I swear you can see things growing right before your eyes. Some of right? these plants I in know, the window. <laughs> I'm like, is that thing growing? Like, am I literally watching that reach for the <laughs> sun right here before my eyes? Cool. How about what's the best advice you've ever received? So I think two things. Um, one was when I first started, I received advice to hand water and to be in the garden daily, which I just kind of mentioned, which I think once you like have the hang of it and you know what you're doing and you have a lot of crops, like obviously using different methods of watering, but mine's so small and they just recommended you know, if you're hand watering it, then you know what it needs. You can check for pests. You can see if it's getting enough sun. But like if you have it on a timer, maybe you skip a few days because you assume the timer is working and then you realize that maybe it broke and it was never being watered. And so I think just like getting out there and actually spending time in your garden will reflect um, kind of the health of it. Oh, I'm completely nodding. And, you know, in a place where you are, so my husband and I lived for our first six years without running water. And when we would garden, like when you're hauling your water to your garden, you don't realize like you are only watering the roots of the plants. So we didn't get as many weeds like as now when like I'm still amazed that I can just put a sprinkler out <laughs> but now but then it's like I end up spending half the time weeding it's just right. amazing how much and you know maybe that's why I'm having like a total light bulb moment like I was down in the garden the other day like why is the quack grass seem to be just taking over every bed massively and maybe that's it because now we have the 
sprinklers going and the quack grass is getting watered so much more like why is this quack grass growing in this iris bed where i've never had a problem it's totally overtaking the columbines and i'm like oh it's i mean i know i watered it really well last year but yeah maybe that's it you know that but for sure that hand watering and checking it every morning and looking for pests and like i look at the um you know facebook has that facebook groups ad Mm -hmm. and the guy's like i have this plant problem what do i do about my plant somebody in the facebook group goes what or sing to it play music for yeah. it sing to it and so then all these other people you know facebook's like trying to get people to join facebook groups or learn and all these people like sing to it and then their plants are growing and they're singing and they're growing and they're and then he ends up with this massive plant but really i think the reasons it's not that you're singing necessarily is like you're 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 looking at it every day you're giving it attention you're making sure mm-hmm. exactly what you're saying about the water you know timers are great and i talked to mike about should we be investing in an automated you know drip system this year you know maybe is this the year that we should finally try to sync some of our stimulus check into that that um yeah. piece was one of the things i was asking him about but you know he's been gardening for 40 years he is like a tenth of an acre mini farm <laughs> you know yeah. it's like a whole nother thing but yeah there's a lot to be said for that go check your garden and look at your garden and and, and hand watering how you can start to recognize things before they get out of control keeping those exactly. weeds while you're watering you can grab that one little weed like i know that's one of mike's huge secrets is he gets on those weeds right away and then he mulches um and get your hands dirty too i mean i might be a millennial but i'm pretty old school in a lot of things and i think nothing beats just like being out there and like having your hands in the soil and checking everything and making sure that it's where it should be and even if you have a fancy drip system or you know a moisture meter or whatever nothing's gonna tell you like just touching it (laughs) and being there yeah and spotting a disease or a pest issue and just um being able to learn and enjoy and there's so many great tips there i knew you were gonna rock the mic uh (laughs) what's your favorite tool if you had to move and could only take one tool with you what could you not live without um i actually i don't have many tools i have Um, like some pruners and because it's a raised bed I actually I haven't luckily had any weeds yet but I would say and this is oddly specific but because we're renting and I had to build this garden that could be movable like for when we move I got these little planter blocks at Home Depot and I didn't have any tools at the time when I was building it and the blocks they're like cement blocks but they have little notches on each side and you can just stick um slats of wood right in to each side and it builds you a bed like with no tools so if i could only bring one thing i would use those blocks again they were a lifesaver oh i love that idea nobody's really talked about that Unless it's like the same thing that Erica Nolan. Do you know who Erica Nolan is? Because I think she's down south too. She's I, an I, inst- Instagram. Is it in, in 
instar i n s t a r dot garden or something eric okay. nolan it's e r i k a i think okay. um she's like she's like a garden business where she goes and builds gardens for people but she she had these corners she right is that what they're like they're like corners and then um, the wood kind of yeah i'll corners. send you a link okay, they're really cool. cool um but yeah they're they're basically just like square yeah i guess you could say corners and they just have notches in them that fit a specific width of wood and then you can make them as long as you want so i got you know 10 feet by two feet and then just put it into the <laughs> the blocks and i had a bed so well, cool, because that is a question people ask me a lot is, what do I do if I don't have a mic to build me my raised beds? So <laughs> We all need a mic. <laughs> uh, how about a favorite recipe? What do you like to eat or cook from the garden? Well, I think the Swiss chard with the mustard. Also, just like a good tomatillo salsa. Do you guys grow like tomatillos in Montana? You know, I did grow some last year, but I don't know what happened. They like never turned red. They grew and they had like those paper covers on them, mm -hmm. you know, and they grew to a good size, but I could never seem to get them to turn red, which was weird because last year I had the most successful tomato season ever. I don't know if it just doesn't get hot enough here or. Yeah. Well, here the most common variety is Toma Verdes, which is like the green ones. So they stay green. But a well, good maybe Toma that's Pierre what the problem was. I was like, maybe you were expecting them to turn red. <laughs> I should have just sliced one and cooked it and ate it. <laughs> I, was, I was wondering. <laughs> oh, Jackie. That's so funny. Now I'm curious if you had these like beautiful tomatillos that you were just like, oh, I can't do anything with them. Oh my God, you're probably right. <laughs> well, now you know, you could probably grow them and they make a really good salsa. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. And last year I found my favorite salsa. So you cook salsa when you make it like I... I had never cooked it before. I had always just like put all the ingredients together. And like last year I found this really cool recipe and it was just the best salsa I ever made, but I had never cooked it before. Like, do you cook it? Yeah. So if you roast them, so just like put a pan full of tomatillos, roast them um, like in the skin and then blend it with, you know, garlic, onions, jalapeno, whatever is in your salsa. It creates a really nice roasted and like almost tart flavor. Like the tomatillos, they're less sweet than just tomatoes salsa, um, but it's so good. Mm, sounds good. Oh my god, I feel like an idiot. <laughs> I think that must that might be the the best part of today is <laughs> you waiting for tomatillos to turn red. <laughs> so i know because i like brought them in the house so they weren't turning red in the house and they weren't turning red outside <laughs> in the vine next to the other ones that actually turned red and like duh 
Anyway, <laughs> I didn't buy the plan. Mike brought the plan home and said some friend of ours gave it to him. <laughs> oh, what an idiot. Anyway, I'm such a dummy. Uh, but my listeners already know that sometimes. <laughs> anyway, what is your favorite internet resource? Like, where do you find yourself surfing on the web that you like the most? Um, I really like Old Farmer's Almanac. Um, it doesn't get like as specific for like growing here in like the low desert, but that's kind of my go-to basic website. Um, and it's neat that you can put in your zip code now and kind of have more tailored, um, advice. And then there's also a lady who has a blog here in Arizona. Um, it's called growing in the garden and she has a lot of great advice, but specifically, for growing here in Arizona she kind of lays it all out as far as like what's best to plant each month here how to water it everything that you could know I I would say those are my top two resources that I use oh good ones how about a favorite book or magazine you could recommend um the square foot gardening method I think and then I don't have a ton of gardening books because I use so many internet resources, but I would say there's a ton of great Instagrams to follow and they usually recommend a lot of books and other resources. So I kind of have gone down a rabbit hole of following gardeners on Instagram. <laughs> so so I tell me on Instagram, where do you like to go? Do you go to people's posts? Do you look at their stories? Do you do the reels thing? What do you like about Instagram? I like the posts and I don't really scroll like on the feed. I tend to go to a specific profile and like look through their posts, which I think is unusual, but I like to see, you know, the posts that they made in the past too. So I'll kind of like scroll to the bottom and see their progress and what things worked for them and what didn't work so yeah I guess I kind of like it on like a profile basis so do you like search a hashtag um usually or how do you find people that you follow so like if I for instance the very first resource I found was growing in the garden that lady from phoenix so I followed her on instagram and then it shows you like who she follows so I'll look through her um like the people she's following and kind of see if there's anyone that might interest me and then the more people that you follow instagram will start recommending people for you to follow based on you know who you are following and i found that's really helpful for me because it'll recommend other great gardening accounts and then the cycle just kind of continues based on that cool because i'm like i'm getting way more in instagram i'm actually thinking of like just dropping facebook altogether and moving to instagram there's things that i've liked about facebook all along but lately i don't know since 2020 yeah it's just broken my heart so many times i was just telling someone yes i was like there's still 58.8 thousand people in this dyslexia parent group that i'm in 58 i was like there's like 60,000 parents out there still struggling i still see their posts every day of like teachers marking mm -hmm. their kids papers wrong spending 1500 dollars to get a 
diagnosis for their child like it's just heartbreaking and then on the flip side i see these teacher facebook groups that are i don't know what to do with this kid i can't figure out how to teach this kid and like dyslexia is something near and dear to my heart because i just have this teaching background where i've had a lot of training and one in five kids is a struggling reader whether they have dyslexia or not and then Mm -hmm. there's this woman from the yale center for dyslexia and creativity who has this program that works with every single kid like not one of these kids should be struggling not one it works with every single if we can get to them in between kindergarten and third grade now will it help older kids sure it works with every kid it's all text fluency it's rewiring the neurons in your brain it's very it's systematic it drives me crazy because they don't teach and it just breaks my heart and i see these posts over and over to say nothing of like the fear teachers were going through in the fall and just i can't quit my job because i'm the only insurance person anyway yeah so many things there and there's other reasons and just uh and, and just uh there's the benefits to instagram anyway sorry didn't mean to get off topic okay <laughs> Kat, my final question. If there's one change you would like to see to create a greener world, what would it be? For example, is there a charity or organization you're passionate about or project you'd like to see put into action? Like, what do you feel is the most crucial issue facing our planet in regards to the environment, either locally, nationally, or on a global scale? Yeah, that that question I had to think about because... Um, I mean, when we talked about my idea for, um, you know, this sort of green halfway house, if you will, like a place that prisoners can go once they're released and rehabilitate um, and focus on holistic health and wellness. So I would say that's definitely like my main project and goal. But I think it all boils down to um, the health of our planet and the health of individuals is very connected on so many levels and so um in social work in our program we learned about this theory called ecofeminism and it's interesting there's i mean like many theories there's a lot of flaws to it but it links the domination of women and the domination of the environment um and basically how traditionally hierarchies place men over women and white over people of color and humans over nature, when in reality, nature is very closely linked to who we are. Um, We are nature. And so I think how we treat ourselves, how we treat others, how we treat the planet, um, it all adds up and it all is linked together. So I think if there was one kind of main focus that I think would make the world a greener place would be um, focusing on those relationships the interrelationships between individuals and organisms and the environment um, and how those relationships are a pretty telling reflection of our day-to-day life. Ah, So eloquently spoken. Someday I feel like you're going to be one of the biggest leaders in our country and world and speaking at the United Nations and you know, look at Greta Thunberg today out there. I mean, 
her passion for She's like amazing. the vaccination equality and inequality mm-hmm. going on in the world and so good to hear her voice i mean it's earth week so but to see her not just on democracy now first thing this morning but actually on the mainstream news surprised me today um but probably only because earth day is on thursday are they featuring her uh yeah but yeah i i love that uh i love everything that you said and just what you're doing and wish you the best of luck and thank you so 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 much for sharing thank with you. us today and i hope you'll come back after june when you've done your woofing experience and can tell us more about it and just of um, course i hope you'll stay in touch and maybe you can come do a woofing experience or something up here someday once we get our place fixed up and that would be great uh, i don't mind using outhouses and i like to camp so if you ever need someone who doesn't mind any of those things we are <laughs> frantically looking for a camper because i have a friend who plays the guitar we can play the guitar. like i'm just like why don't you just move here like we have this meadow <laughs> we could just put her and her husband up they can start that farm down like I, i'm already like hmm <laughs> because like so many of our passions align and I have this friend who's in California who wants, she was going to come spend the whole month of May. And she's like, I have some money we can put towards a camper. And Mike's been clearing a spot and we already have water and power up there. And so we're working on it. Might not be we'll this make summer, it happen. but yeah. <laughs> I'm so happy you reached out on Woof because I think even when you're not woofing, it's a great platform to meet other like-minded people. You know, I don't know anyone in my like real day-to-day life um who gardens so i think it's it's nice to have internet friends and people that you can meet in other states and other places who share the same passion and want to do similar things so i'm really happy that you reached out oh and i'm really happy we finally made it happen today so thank you so much the best to you and your husband and just yay millennials and yay cat and her husband and just uh we'll we'll be in touch and god bless and stay safe and all the things you too thank happy, you happy earth day yes happy earth week happy 420 week. Yeah. <laughs> yep cool talk to you later all right bye, bye. Hey listeners, are you wondering how you can grow your own healthy and nutritious food with confidence? Have you been frustrated as a gardener? Does the thought of weeding make your back ache? Have you tried to grow a garden before and found you can't even keep a plant alive? Does the cost of organic produce in the store make you cringe, but the thought of bugs in your garden make your skin crawl? Well, We have the answer for you. FreeGardenCourse.com. It is so easy. You enter your email. You will watch a video right there. You can get my Organic Oasis checklist, our Essential Tools checklist. It all shows up right on the thank you page. FreeGardenCourse.com. Do you know someone who would benefit from the Organic Gardener podcast? If you like what you hear, we'd love it if you'd share the Organic Gardener podcast with a friend. Thanks again for listening and remember, grow local.